Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are Two Market Girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast. We talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog. We do some trending news. We talk about some food shows and movies. And on this episode, we're finally going to get caught up on some news. Yeah, we haven't done news in so long. Yeah, I think we're just going for uh, quality over quantity with our news mm-hmm. segments. But Yeah, uh, we don't need to talk about everything. Exactly, exactly. So let's just let's roll the intro and let's just get into the news. Yeah. <laughs> this is Plant-Based News with Kat and Dev, bringing you their unsolicited opinions on the stories and scandals taking the vegan world by storm. Hello and welcome to the news. I'm Devin. And I'm Catherine. Today, making news, Globally Local is putting the emphasis on <laughs> globally. <laughs> yeah. They have become the first vegan fast food chain to be publicly traded. Yeah. For those that don't know who Globally Local is, Globally Local is a vegan fast food chain that launched in London, Ontario, I believe in 2014. I think it was 2016 they first opened. Oh, okay. So in 2016, they first opened. They do like the very typical fast food that you would think. So they have like a vegan Big Mac. They have like a chicken sandwich, a spicy chicken. They've got a version of like a Whopper. They do breakfast sandwiches, which is Devin's favorite part. (laughs) Um, They do like fries. They do chicken strips, like all the things you would expect to get from a typical fast food place. And when they launched, so they launched one location and then their second location actually became the world's first 24-hour vegan drive-thru. And that was in 2017. And you've seen a video of us going to it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Twice. I think there's two videos of us going to it. (laughs) So they've been um, doing some firsts for a while. So now they've got another first under their belt. And so this past week on April 16th, you can begin trading. They open on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Yeah, the specifically the Toronto Stock Exchange Venture Exchange. Exchange, is yeah. it? So it's the TSXV, not the TSX specifically for those that are actually interested in looking for it. Um but yeah, and they announced that alongside saying they have very intense and big goals and strategy coming up in the future and growth strategy. They did not announce what that is. I'm going to assume it's more locations because they have been opening a lot of locations. Like I know they're in the works of opening. I think it's a Vaughn location. Yeah. Um, they have their Toronto location. They have, is it two in London still or is it just the one? They have one right now, but because they're redoing the other one in another right. location. Yes. And then I think they have another one somewhere else. And I don't remember where exactly that is, but they've been able to open per- like locations pretty quickly considering they just opened in 2016 so um i'm very excited to see what these aggressive growth plans are yeah i think they've said that part of this plan is they want 20 additional locations across north america in the next 12 months which is like wow that's so much that seems really ambitious for opening uh, a lot of restaurants yeah, but. it is, it is very ambitious. <laughs> Which like and we don't know the behind the scenes. Maybe they got some great investors. We don't know. I think I read about there is some like one of their investors who's like they called them they did like a little Q&A on their Instagram stories like 
answer questions about us, see if you get it right. And they said somebody initially invested in them pretty quickly. I think he's like a UK musician or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't remember his name. (laughs) And I also didn't realize that they actually have their own manufacturing facility. Yeah, did not know that. Yeah. And a part of like, they, I think they're officially on the um, stock exchange as Globally Local Technologies, Inc. Mm -hmm. um, Because they've actually put a lot of tech behind how they produce their food, but also how they just run their restaurants. So like, like you would see a typical fast food chain. And I think that's kind of what's different about them then like we we know there's a lot of other not maybe not a lot but there is other like vegan fast food chains and companies and like restaurants popping up but from what i can tell the difference between like a globally local and say another vegan fast food spot is that they really emphasize the fast food aspect of it like they're creating vegan fast food that's more sustainable than regular fast food but they're still doing it in the fast food ways so you don't kind of miss out on that aspect of it yeah, it says that they are revolutioning, revolutionizing the fast food industry from an operational standpoint, and the chain operates through a compact, quote-unquote, smart kitchen model, which includes modern on-demand cooking technologies that allow for consistent food experiences, quick service times, and simplified employee training. So I feel like they've got all of these processes that they've just perfected over the years and that's maybe helping them be able to be like we could do a lot in 12 months i will say i kind of like their toronto location doesn't have any cashiers they just have self-checkouts and i like don't mind it they actually work pretty well normally i don't really love a self-checkout at a fast food place but like the toronto ones work pretty well and the food gets out pretty quickly and like consistently so i don't mind it Mm -hmm. i mean consistency in vegan fast food like what more do we need right now exactly more vegan fast food (laughs) yes please well globally (laughs) local may be on it it sounds like they're on it 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 feels pretty surreal because like when we first found out about them they felt like just this small thing from london but i mean we also always talk about things getting tested in london's market because it's yeah it's got a good variety of demographics right so companies should we move to london I don't know. Is that what it's like? Try things first. Apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's where the magic happens, because now they're just ready to take over North America. Yeah, I think what, like, kind of shocks me about all of this is, like you said, when it first opened up, I was like, oh, cool. It's this, like, like family-run business. They just opened it up. It's a really cool idea, concept. But I think from the get-go, their plan was to be this huge, expansive, like, they were, like, planning it for years and figuring out how best they could do it. And I didn't, I, not in a million years did I think that's what it was. I thought, oh, cool, someone just opened a fast food place in London. That's really cool. Like, Yeah, and we hear about so many kind of, like, smaller-scale vegan fast food or like specialty restaurants across like Canada across the states overseas like you hear about them but you don't ever think are they actually going to expand beyond their area are they going right? to become like are they going to become like an actual chain that people know yeah exactly like that feels so far fetched still but mm-hmm. the m- bigger moves that globally local makes the more I'm like I believe in them. This is totally going to happen. There's going to be globally local across the country. What? Yeah. And honestly, the food is good. 
exactly the food is really good i really really enjoy it and like it's not too expensive or anything like that so it's got all the like things you would want from a fast food place so i could i'm i am curious to know and maybe they don't even know it really but like how many people that go to their restaurants aren't vegan like, I want to yeah. know if non-vegans are liking their food, too, in the concept. Didn't that happen when we were there one time? Oh, I don't know. There was people that came into the restaurant and they didn't actually realize that everything on the menu was going to be vegan. I don't know. I don't remember that. I feel like that's happened. Or, like, they've had stories like that before where people come in not expecting the entire menu to be vegan and order something and it becomes, like one of those really good vegan experiences that makes them start to think, oh, I could probably do more of this in my life. Yeah. Or like, I don't have to just get McDonald's or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that like the obviously the logical like next step to that would be making Globally Local more known and more accessible like a McDonald's. Like obviously McDonald's has taken years to get to its thousands of locations, but like making it more known and more accessible so that isn't just one location per city. It actually is a, oh, it's an option for me because there's one down the street from me. Oh my gosh. And like if each location still has like that good food experience, so it's not like, oh, this isn't as good as the original in London, but they're all really good. That's the dream. That is the dream. I love that for us. Imagine being able to have like just walk down the street and know there is a fast food place that's all vegan that you can get whatever you want at. I can't wait. Yeah. Globally Local, (laughs) we're so excited for you. Because they're also like, honestly, we've also met the owner of it, at least one of the owners. And he's so nice. Mm -hmm. Great person. So yeah. Yeah. They've always seemed like good people. So welcoming, like just a good experience all around. Mm-hmm. So I am very, very excited to see that at least it seems like the business is going well. It seems like there's exciting things to come. And I'm very, very curious to see where these next 20 locations are. Yeah. I love that we got to start with a local story that wasn't like, you know, that other restaurant we talk about sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we are going to move on to a story that is unfortunately not local at all. Because Dunkin' has launched, aka Dunkin' Donuts, has launched 41 vegan donuts in Belgium. (laughs) (laughs) Did you expect to hear Belgium? (laughs) No, honestly, I didn't. I thought maybe it was going to be at least in the States they'd have. I mean, maybe not 41, but... Or maybe like UK? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because like it seems like the UK gets a lot of good vegan options before anybody else. We'll take that. This time, it's Belgium's turn. Yeah. I mean, they're not coming until May, and then they also have plans to get some of those donuts into the Netherlands, and then maybe after that, expand to more European locations. That's what they're saying now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so 41 different flavors, and we got some of the flavors listed here. So there's a original glazed, which uh-huh. can't go wrong, pistachio, Oh. cinnamon swirl, Mm-hmm. I'm here for yeah yeah and then some filled varieties so they have a double stuffed strawberry what does that mean like it's extra stuff so there's less donut more filling oh maybe I don't know okay I've never heard of a double stuffed donut before no me neither is, I, is that a donut inside a donut <laughs> <laughs> uh, they got sugared raspberry so that's like a pretty classic stuffed donut right yeah oh yeah love it 
and cinnamon jam. Is that like cinnamon on the outside and then jam inside? Or, or is, is it the jam, jam cinnamon? I don't know. I don't know either. And then there's even ones inspired by the cookie monster that's going to come complete with googly eyes. <laughs> oh, they made a donut just for Devin. <laughs> I love everything about it. <laughs> the like edible googly eyes? Yeah. Or do you just have to take the googly know. eyes off? I don't know. Yeah. Um, for anyone who's about to buy this donut or has it near them, take the Google eye- googly eyes off just in case. <laughs> yeah. Or just like let us know what they're like. How googly yeah. are they? Yeah. Um, and then there's another one that's inspired by candy rings. But I don't know Like what ring are. pops? I don't know. What's a candy Maybe ring? Maybe it's a Belgium thing. Maybe. And uh, a vegan donut decorated to resemble a bee with a salted pretzel antennae. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. Is that, does Dunkin' Donuts do that a lot? Like cartoonish looking donuts? Is that their thing? I, maybe, yes, but like just specialty ones that are like, oh, it's our new spring donut. It looks like an Easter bunny thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, are these specialty donuts or are these like on the menu all the time? Well, I no, I don't think they've said that at least not all 40 are going to stay. I think it's yeah. all going to be uh, limited time. Got but it. I hope that they have like some flavors that get to stay. Yeah. Maybe they're just like, we'll put them all on the menu and see which ones are the most popular and those ones stay. Okay. I'm looking at more flavors. Okay. There's peanut butter jelly, so it's a strawberry filling and a peanut butter icing, and then Sounds it's yummy. got it's got like some nuts and then like a drizzle of white icing across. It looks pretty mm-hmm. fancy actually. Then there's a strawberry cream, which is uh-huh. a strawberry and cream filling with vanilla icing and sprinkles. A chocolate chip donut that is cookies and cream filling, chocolate icing, and then chocolate cookie like crumbled on top. The donut flavors are so wild at Dunkin'. I mean, when you have to come up with 40 of them. That's fair. <laughs> what would I come up with for 40 flavors? That's I don't a lot. know about this one. There's a banana rainbow, which is banana icing with rainbow sprinkles. Oh. I'm not sure if I, I want banana icing. Banana just, I don't know. Like, banana belongs in bread or medicine. <laughs> I just don't know if I want a banana flavor in anything else. That is a pretty iconic banana flavor medicine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they have said, like, Duncan has said that they're going to get or they're looking into getting some vegan donuts in the States. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this will be a move towards that. Duncan's not in Canada, is it? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't remember. If it is, I don't know where they are. <laughs> if it is, it's another one of those chains that it's like a, a rare location or maybe it's only out west where they already have a yeah. lot of the US, US stuff. Yeah, like around Vancouver and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, we know Duncan is already kind of on the plant-based yeah. road because they got their breakfast sandwich with Beyond, right? Yeah. They are far ahead of their Canadian counterpart. <laughs> <laughs> but we've always said that donuts will be... Like the a big shift, whoever has yeah, donuts who, first. Who knows? Maybe their Canadian counterpart is working on it very quietly, and they just don't want to tell us yet. <laughs> I'm so mad at them. What kind of donuts, though? I really want a crueler so badly. Oh, a vegan crueler. That's I a just classic. think that's right, and it's just like 
it's the only one that's really that different from any other one. <laughs> like the other ones are just different icings, which like I appreciate, but like I want a crawler so bad. That's fair. I didn't even think of that. I mean, I always go to sprinkles first. Like that's called a vanilla dip, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a yeah no sprinkles vanilla dip. <laughs> <laughs> I am a very classic donut person. I like crawlers. I like uh honey dip used to be one of my favorites mm. from tim's so good i don't know if that's a classic like if that's what it's called everywhere but that's what it's called at tim's mm-hmm. even just like a good glazed donut mm-hmm. also like if tim's does come out with vegan donuts and they don't come out with vegan timbits i'm mad <laughs> oh yeah how can it's like part of their brand timbits are the best part like i don't remember the last time i actually got a whole donut from tim's it was always boxes of timbits instead because then you get to try like a bunch of different flavors it's It's like the charcuterie board of donuts yeah (laughs) and i don't even know how common those are in the states like i know they're called donut holes everywhere else right yeah i think i don't know i think duncan might have them but i don't know how like yeah i don't know if they're as big of a thing as they are here in canada (laughs) i think because they're given this special name they come in this nice little carton yeah it's just it's an iconic symbol of your canadian experience but i will say like they are available at like where did i go was it a coffee time once they are available at like a coffee time i don't know what they're called at coffee times but like i never get them i always get full donuts everywhere else yeah like why would i get yeah right so it's only timmy's well here we are talking about timmy's again yeah we got sucked into it i knew it was gonna happen with talking about duncan yeah but it's very exciting to hear um 41 flavors coming mm-hmm. to belgium so hopefully everybody gets to enjoy them as much as possible and then they stay forever and ever it, maybe not all 40 but you know all right we're gonna move on to our next story and i think we're gonna talk about two things that both of us didn't know existed a vegan cooking show and the prestigious taste awards yeah no idea they're known as the oscars of food fashion and lifestyle media which like really i i, I okay. food, like that's a big category too food fashion and media it says the taste awards are the highest awards for creators producers hosts and directors of lifestyle programs series shows and cinema that's like oh so this vegan show this vegan cooking show was nominated for 8 awards why and it took home the Taste Award for Best Series Pilot, as well as Best Filmed at Home Episodes. Pilot? Just the pilot, not the rest of the season? Yeah. I guess there's a category specifically for pilots. I don't know. Like, what the, just all of a sudden, the rest of the season just, like, went downhill. They're like, wow, the second episode sucks, but the pilot. <laughs> so here's actually the interesting thing about that. So the show is called New Day, New Chef, and... In Canada, at least, it airs only on Amazon Prime. Okay. So I went to, after reading the story, <laughs> I, I was did like, some investigating. I'll go watch the show. I got, I've never heard of it. It won awards. This seems like a big deal. The only episode I can't watch in Canada is the, the pilot. pilot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you don't know what the best of the show is. Damn. Apparently it's not. It's the award-winning episode. So all of my opinions are based on different a different episode yeah okay so Devin you watched the show aside from the pilot what are your thoughts on the show uh so it's very much like that typical 
cooking show you'd see on TV where you've got the host and they're in their like kitchen that is just a set. And in this show, each episode, the host is joined by a co-host. So in the episode I watched, it was an actress from the movie Annabelle, I think. Like the Um, horror movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So she joins and cooks with the host. The host's name is Jane. And then they bring on um, chefs or recipe creators to make a couple recipes throughout the show. And then after each recipe they make, they have a panel of tasters who will uh, kind of like rate the dish based on, I could make this in 10 minutes, I would make this at a party, or... um, Oh, what? what's the last one? I would make this every day or something like that. These categories are strange. I mean, I think some, the show just likes a good gimmick because, like, these judges just kind of sit in the corner the whole time watching. It's like, it, I feel like there's a show similar to that in Canada. Is it The Social where there's, like, people just, like, off at the end of the kitchen and they just sit there and then there's a kitchen attached? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so the the episode I watched, it's I can understand the concept and why people might enjoy it if they like a traditional cooking show, but it, it is not my, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it is not the type of cooking show that we watch. Like, it is not the modern cooking show. It just feels too, like formulaic and too not natural because even like as they're one of the recipes i watched them make was some fresh rolls yeah and they're just like going through everything so fast and it just didn't feel i I don't know it didn't feel fun to me like the host jane oh my goodness she has so much energy i feel like everyone around her almost doesn't know how to handle all the energy which is kind of fun to see yeah Um, but just all together i don't know that it's a good experience and it's not what i think we need to see from cooking shows these days yeah and like this sparked a conversation that we had that'll probably stem into a whole podcast episode in itself but we talked about how food tv and like cooking shows have really changed it over the years like it's no longer like i mean there is still the shows like those ones or like uh annie annie anna olsen baking show or like you know those classic ones where they're just on a set and they're teaching you how to make a recipe um there is still room for those but for the most part i think at least a lot of people are looking for the ones that have a little bit more to it than just teach me how to make this Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, it's it's interesting that they didn't go with something a little bit more modern. Yeah, because like you said this yesterday too, it kind of like this is something you could just do on YouTube. Yeah, like, I think they try to take it to another level because they try to get some celebrities on. Which again, I didn't watch every episode, so I haven't seen all of the celebrities. Yeah. But like they said. They got NBA legend John Sally and Olympian Dotsie Bausch. I have no idea. I probably butchered that last name. I apologize. But, like, they try to bring in celebrities to co-host so that it, like, ups the status of the show. But I still feel like the substance of the show wasn't... I think that's what you learn time and time again, even from a film. Like, no matter if you have great actors or well-known people in it, if the substance of the show isn't there and isn't interesting, 
no amount of great acting or great personality or star power is going to get you what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just like the style of it, again, it wasn't like it, we've said this before. We want to see vegan cooking shows because there's like literally none mm-hmm. on any like big platform like this. So I feel bad saying bad things about it because like this is what we've been saying we want to see. But we just I think we just need more options like this will be good yeah. for some people. But yeah. um, it's just not the style that we're curious about. Yeah, I think, again, we're going to do a whole podcast episode on this because I think it's interesting. But, like, I think maybe we are just very used to the Netflix style of food show where it's, like, involves travel or learning about a culture or just conversation rather than food being the sole focus where you just watch people cook and they talk about it and have fun together and all that kind of stuff. So I think Netflix has really shifted what us and I think a lot of people look for in cooking shows. Mm-hmm. the netflix effect is being felt across many genres you could say <laughs> so yeah but yeah so if you are interested in watching this new vegan cooking show if you're in canada you can see it on amazon prime you said right yeah and then do you know where it airs in the states i don't know like it sounds like they for season two at least they're planning to do some kind of new day new chef live which will feature oh. some Amer- some of America's top chefs showing off their skills live with no edits. But I don't know where that's going to be aired. Yeah, so we don't have a lot of information for you. No, but I mean, it's an award-winning show, so I'm sure you'll be able to um, find lots of updates. <laughs> yeah, and I would love to know if anyone has seen it and enjoys it or doesn't enjoy it, what your thoughts are on it. Mm-hmm, definitely. Or like if I just watched the wrong episode, maybe. Yeah tell me a different episode to watch (laughs) yeah i'm also like a little surprised and again i don't know who produces the show and who makes it and all that stuff that they like again maybe she is maybe i just have no idea who she is but like that they wouldn't get someone to host it that was more well known in like the vegan sphere sphere but like i don't know if maybe i just don't know who she is she could be i know her name is jane velez mitchell she seems like like with her um her whole demeanor on camera she seems like she's been on camera before and she's done this kind of job before because she's really good at it like she is good at working with the guests and like keeping things moving and she seems to never miss a beat so like she's good good, yeah she's good at that just not my style but she is good and her energy is pretty fun (laughs) yeah i also i'm just gonna say it i really don't like the name of the show no me neither it doesn't make sense to me and I look up the, I like looked it up and like the logo also I don't enjoy. It looks very, very old school. And it also like, in my opinion, kind of looks like a soap opera <laughs> logo. Yeah. Yeah. No, so much of it feels like a few years too late. Like not yeah. really with the way we see the market and the style these days. So I'm, I'm curious about how that all came to be, but, and yet it still has won these awards so oh I, I looked her up she's a television and social media journalist and author with specialties in vegan lifestyles animal rights addiction and social justice well there we go that's her all right what what's the next thing on the docket all right we're going to talk about something we've been dreaming of for a while and that's one million pounds of vegan fried chicken <laughs> because vegan fried chicken company atlas monroe 
is set to become the largest manufacturer of deep fried chicken in the world. Dang. They recently acquired their own multi-million dollar manufacturing plant at a two-story, 10,000 square foot warehouse in San Diego, and they already have plans to open a second location this year. Does that mean we got chicken coming our way? I mean, it's all it's all in the states. Do you think they can get it here? I know, here? but like That's they're opening all these new facilities, which makes makes right. me seem like they're growing outside of the U.S. Maybe right? You're right. They're gonna have lots of chicken to spare. <laughs> <laughs> and the coolest part about this story is also that the founder Deborah Torres, she actually went on Shark Tank a couple years ago, and she was offered a million dollars from Mark Cuban and another investor, Rohan Oza. But they wanted 100% of the company. Which, like, dang, they want want the dough that's coming with this company. Yeah, and she turned them down because she was like, I'm not giving up my entire company to you guys. And you've just shown me that you believe in this company and you all liked the chicken. So there's no way I'm backing out on this. Yeah, she's so smart for doing that. Like, like she's smart for not... um, buying in like obviously i think most people go into there not wanting to sell their entire company regardless because like that's like you go in believing in this company all this kind of stuff why would you want to sell the full thing and not see it through but like good honor for not just like seeing the money and getting so excited and like reading the room and being like oh my god no these are a bunch of non-vegans who really believe in this yeah and just to see like those two plants opening up and the way they're going to grow and they've already reached over two million dollars in sales since her appearance on Mm -hmm. shark tank um they've i think they popped up at a lot of vegan food festivals because when i was like looking into this chicken i was like where where are people trying this chicken so it was a (laughs) lot of posts from food festivals and my goodness it looks so so perfect (laughs) so it says um they plan to host some monthly pop-ups Ooh. and then so you can order in San Diego like through delivery apps and stuff like that. But I'm not sure how much they're going to like what their expansion is going to look like yet. Again, it's yeah. kind of like globally local. Like we know all of these things are in place for it to really expand further. Yeah. We don't really know how. And I think too, some of their frozen products you can get some places. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, they have stuff on their website. I'm reading all the different things you can order. So they've fulfilled tens of thousands of orders to their website and expanded manufacturing to vegan bacon, applewood smoked ribs, deep fried and stuffed turkeys, signature sauces, and bakery items such as sweet potato and chocolate cakes. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It doesn't say where. I guess you can just order through their site right now. Got it. So there are no stores right now. Uh, not that it mentions here. And I feel like it would mention if you could buy them yeah. any other way. But with that kind of growth, I feel like they're bound to show up in some stores. At least I hope they would because that feels like the kind of like journey they should continue on. Yeah. Go world, go nationwide at least. That would help them. Because I'm like through the site, I don't know what the shipping would be. Yeah. Once you get further away from San Diego and things like that. All right, should we move on to another? We've got more restaurant news, actually. Yeah. So Jamba just launched its first plant-based meat option at more than 700 locations nationwide. So now when you go to get your smoothie at Jamba, you can also get their new Impossible Handwich. Which, like, first of all, we'll talk about the name in a second. Secondly, I had no idea they had food. 
Me neither. But I also don't have a lot of experiences at a Jamba at all. Yeah. So is there a lot of Jamba juices in Canada? Like we have like a booster juice. Yeah, I think this is one that we've looked into before. Is and it? at least there's none around us. Got it. Another one of those cases. Yeah, yeah. I, they're primarily, uh, again, an American chain. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says this was starting April 12th. So you should see them on the menu now. And the sandwich is three seventy nine, and it's made with a Impossible Sausage patty. But it is served with dairy cheese. Now, you oh. can... I think you can ask for them to remove the cheese. I would hope so. Um, but they did confirm that the toasted sprouted grain bun is vegan. So oh, okay. you can omit the cheese and then the bread and the patty are good to go. <laughs> wait, is that the whole sandwich? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Go- wait, the whole sandwich is just impossible sausage, cheese and bread? Yep. What? I, is that what? Is that why it's a handwich? It's not quite a sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, so let's talk about this name. Why is it a different name than sandwich? Sandwich is not a exclusive word to non-vegan food. I don't understand. But it is kind of funny. Is it? I like, yeah. I like how they say, at Jamba, we pride ourselves on offering our guests a wide selection of menu items. That I mean, that's true. <laughs> Except this item has two ingredients. <laughs> I don't know, like... I appreciate it, but I don't know if I did it say how much it is. Yeah, three seventy nine. I don't know if that's worth that. Like, not you can't even throw on some like lettuce or a tomato or something. <laughs> yeah, again, like I don't know how what a Jamba restaurant looks like. So when you go and order, yeah. are there other things around? Because like when you think about the options that we had here, ours again were a bun and a patty, but they usually had lettuce and tomato on them as well. So yeah, that made up for it. That made it more of a sandwich. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, that, I mean, by definition, that is, I guess by definition, what they're making is also a sandwich. But like, I don't know. It just, it feels like it would be dry. Like, it's just weird. Although, is that kind of on par with what other places have in their breakfast sandwiches that are vegan? I have no idea. But like, I don't know. I would just never, ever expect to like, go somewhere and my breakfast sandwich option be vegan meat on bread. I don't know it's just like nor would I ever spend money on that I don't know it's just like it's weird to me that's I think that's totally fair and I don't I know that like Duncan has a sandwich as well right they have some kind of breakfast sandwich yeah again I don't think they have an egg there yet but Starbucks is the one that's been testing the a fully vegan breakfast sandwich that will have impossible and yeah yeah a mung bean based egg which pretty sure is just and and non-dairy cheese on it like that's the dream yeah so i'm looking at uh duncan's yeah i think their vegan option is just meat on bread too <laughs> like they have it they have it as in, in an egg and cheese on it but you'd have to remove that to make it vegan okay and then there's this other coffee chain called pete's coffee and phil's Oh, Pete's Coffee, I hear more and more about every day. Okay, because they've added fully vegan breakfast sandwiches to their menu last month. So it says guests can order the everything plant-based sandwich as part of their spring menu. And the sandwich includes a Beyond Meat breakfast sauce patty, mung bean-based folded just egg, melted dairy-free cheese, and comes served on an everything bagel thin. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
That sounds so Devin's, perfect. Devin's in love. <laughs> oh, I want that. I really just want Timmy's to bring back their breakfast sandwich. It was good. It was so good. Yeah. Oh, this place also has another plant-based, plant-powered sandwich that just isn't on the everything bagel. It comes on an English muffin instead. But man, mm-hmm. they got some good options. I don't have any prices here for these, but those sound delicious compared to Jamba. Handwich. Come on, Jamba. <laughs> Jamba and your handwich. I really don't understand. Like, do they call their other sandwiches a handwich? Is that a Jamba thing? I don't know. They don't seem. Do they have a special name for their smoothies too? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they call them juice. <laughs> but again, we should we should need to have a talking with A and W and Tim Hortons about. I looked up handwich to see if it was a thing, and an Urban Dictionary uh, definition came up, saying the remaining odor left on one's hand after eating a sandwich or a hoagie. <laughs> I mean, it sounded really gross when you started, but then yeah. <laughs> I, I completely get it. Yeah. I feel like if it's a good sandwich, it leaves you with a handwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, um, yay, vegan breakfast sandwiches <laughs> of all forms. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have in the news today. I mean, there's a lot more stories happening since we last did our episode, but we can only fit so much unsolicited opinions into one episode yeah (laughs) we will link to all these stories in the show notes so you can check them out but that's going to be it for this edition of in the news i'm devin and i'm Catherine, and that's the way the plant-based handwich crumbles (laughs) no yeah all right i could really go for a sandwich now yeah, I really want a sandwich. <laughs> I bought some like breakfast sausages the other day when, uh, when Ontario announced their like 18th lockdown. I was like, you know what? I think we need a good breakfast. So I bought us some breakfast sausages uh, and, and a bar of chocolates. That's what I've been saying for the past year. You know what? This is a lockdown. <laughs> we need some good breakfast. <laughs> so I was like, I think we deserve some comfort after Ontario's new announcement. A hundred percent. Sometimes a bite of good food is like the biggest joy yeah. in the day. <laughs> yeah, truly. Uh, but this was uh. fun doing the news again. Mm-hmm. Get to learn about all the exciting things happening around the world. And we actually had a good local story. Like go globally yes. local. I'm so excited for them. And I miss their food so much. Yes. No, it makes me want to. Ooh, maybe I should order their food today. Do it. <laughs> That's a good idea. This was a fun chat. It was nice. And yeah, I'm very, very excited for Globally Local. That is like, it's nice to have a piece that's like, it it's, sounds cheesy. That is very local to, to us, but will soon become global, hopefully. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's a small, a thing that started small and local, but it is in front of our very eyes. Yeah. Going beyond. And you know what? They deserve it. So I'm happy for them. Exactly. Exactly. All right, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our follow-up episode about cooking shows because mm-hmm. we've got a lot to say about those. I apologize too. if you can hear my cat yelling in the background because he's decided that it's time for us to stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you're done. You're done for the day. Stop saying handwich in there. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to check out any of our vegan recipes, they're at twomarketgirls.com or we are twomarketgirls on YouTube and all the socials and that's that's gonna be it 
Devin's gotta go let Bosco in now. Okay, Bosco, we're done.